on TV, online, and oncologists curing cancer. They're the real heroes. This is EPT Not Live. They are the real heroes. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Coming up on today's show, there was a show we can talk about, a TV show that aired on the internet, but a show nonetheless. The Monaco Super High Roller Show is out on YouTube and PokerStars.tv this week. We got some adventures in online poker. I did some more twitching. And I also broadcast on Twitch.tv slash PokerStars. Some highlights from that. No EPTs happening right now. Still waiting on that. Season 12 starting off in August. We've got another edition of Superfan versus Tapes. Don Patmat on the show. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to introduce you to my work wife, James Hardigan. I'm so excited that we don't have to start the show by saying, well, there are no TV shows to talk about. We got one! We, we got it. And our boss, Francine, looks a lot like Janine from Ghostbusters. So maybe she can come in and go, we got one! And then said, so, Yeah, she's not free not. right now. She's still working on the Daniel Negreanu documentary, which is the apocalypse now of documentaries. That thing might finally come out of edit in 2019. Isn't it supposed to uh, premiere at Cannes in a month? Can's been and gone. We've missed that deadline. Oh, okay, we missed Can. Maybe we'll make. Uh, maybe we'll make Slam Dance or one of the smaller ones. What's uh, What's going on on Twitter? What's What are the tweets and feedback? Uh, we made week? Michael Wong's day. Thank you for the mention on EPC Not Live. Made my day, and by mentioning him again, hopefully we're making his day this week as well. Two days, unbelievable. Hey, Michael Wong, we really hope that uh, you have a good day. That's it. Okay, I, every day. every time normally when I go to speak again, there's an extra bit on top of that. Yeah, that's the one. So Jamie <laughs> Robinson says, you'd think by episode three or four, I'd have learned not to listen to EPT Not Live in public. Episode 11, still doing it. Excellent. So clearly he is laughing out loud. He is lolling when he listens to EPT Oh, he's Not laughing. Live. I thought he had one of those bizarre conditions where he could only listen to podcasts while <laughs> naked. And that's why he can't do it in public. Uh, Jake Fescanin says, I'm sorry for applying for Superfan versus Tapes incorrectly and being bottom of the list, but thank you for pronouncing my last name correctly. You just read that tweet so you could show off reading it correctly again, Lem Scannon. What was his name? Fescanin. Fescanin. Uh, Simon Baker, not the mentalist, says, Great episode of EPT Not Live. Superfan Andy Gibbons did brilliantly, and I snap-watched the kid telling the monkey to fuck off directly after listening to the podcast. Now, you didn't say a bunch of people wrote in about the monkey telling the kid to fuck off? There's always one detail that people seize on that I just don't expect. Yeah. And that was the question that was most frequently asked after we released last week's shows. What is this video and where can I see it? So I did actually tweet the link, and a few people were hooked to seeing a toddler tell a monkey on the roof of a car to fuck off. That's so funny because, like, I do everything I can to avoid watching YouTube clips. Like, I like that's the one, like, I just don't like, people are like, have you seen this? And a lot of time, like, you know, someone will ask you, have you seen this? And they'll start taking out their phone as they do it. I want to avoid watching that video so much that oftentimes I will lie about having seen the video. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just don't want anyone to ever show me anything on YouTube. Also, there's this other thing that, like, Whenever, like, well, you probably wouldn't know much about this because the woman that sleeps in your bed 
lives there. So you don't have a reason to kick her out in the morning. But a lot of times I want to kick someone out the next morning, but they want to lay in bed like watching YouTube videos. No, 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 no. It's like, I'm just like, oh, come, like, come on. I got stuff to do. Not really, but not this. Uh, thanks to John Berry, who sent in a picture of a chop pot from his home game. Uh, I love this. Ignore the idiot with seven deuce. There's like King 10 against Jack 10 against Ace 10, and they've all got a straight on the end. And then there's the guy with seven deuce who's got a pair of deuces. But so, yeah, but Varun, I think Varun uh, responded to that with a very nittish response saying, well, to be fair, the guy with seven deuce is the only one with a pair. What, the guy with King 10 has a pair of kings, the guy with Jack 10 has a pair of jacks, the guy with Ace 10 has a pair of aces. Well, that was incorrect. It may not have been, that doesn't sound like a Varun tweet if there was something that many things wrong with it. <laughs> you don't think. Uh, of course, there was also Twitter response to Matt Broughton's competition. The Waster, the other EPT Live commentator, joined us on last week's show and was asking about a video game that he referenced during a Twitch stream that you did with him on his sofa. It's like, in what game do I have to run around checking all the drawers and closets and cabinets and I actually don't ever get to play the game? That's right. And Matt said he was giving away two prizes, two tech sacks, one to the first person to get the answer correct, the other to a randomly drawn individual from all the others who got it correct. Correct. First man in was Brian at Bree78. And the other winner who was randomly drawn was Glenn Weber. Glenn Weber. The man who wins everything. He's won so many prizes on our live streams. He was a super fan who won the prize on EPT Not Live a couple of weeks back. Uh, Fallout or Fallout 2, to be specific, was the correct answer. I think it was supposed to be Fallout 3. I think Matt made a mistake in the answer email. Fallout 3 was the game we are talking about. No one got that specifically, so Matt gave it to the people who, who guessed Fallout. Uh, so here's the thing, at Bree78 and at Glenn Webber. This guy's name is Brian. It's Bry78. Come on. Well, it's, it's, it's the double E thing, the double I thing, so it, it's confusing me. Okay. Um... <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> they need to they need to follow at the waster on Twitter. Although with the changes to Twitter now, I don't think you even need to follow someone anymore to send them a direct message. Basically, you get direct messages from everyone now. Oh, really? Yeah, I had heard about that, but I haven't there's, experienced there's it a, yet. Change the setting. Make sure they can't do it. Okay. Yeah, uh, but you guys, I guarantee you, Matt does want your direct messages because he'll get in touch with you. He'll sort out your prizes. Please bear in mind this competition is not endorsed by EPC, not live and PokerStars. So any issues you've got, raise them with Matt Broughton, not us. Correct. And I do have a, a competition coming up later in the show, which I don't know if we're endorsing or not. It's a little personal thing I'm running. We'll see if maybe we can put the EPT not live stamp of approval on it. But uh, coming up, it's actually... Depends uh, what prize you want to offer, because not being funny, my, 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 my draw of prizes is depleted. I would like to offer the prize of the hooded sweatshirt that I bought at the Download Festival this weekend. That's fine, because that's your prize. You can deliver it. I don't have to have anything to do with it. You're all good. Okay, cool. Well, speaking of, uh, first of all, you mentioned uh, Andy Gibbons. Yes. Andy Gibbons uh, tweeted at me and said, hey, I'm going to be a download also. Do you want to get together and have a beer maybe? And honest to goodness, I met one of my closest friends here in the UK that very same way. A guy used to listen to some podcasts. Uh, his name is Jam, Jam Lillywhite. And uh, a couple years ago, I was here. He's like, hey, I'm going to be at Beyonce also. Do you want to get a beer? And I met him and he's great. And we've been friends ever since. Uh, Andy seemed like a cool dude. I'm actually happy to meet most people, but I didn't make it. Andy wasn't available till Sunday and I didn't make it to Sunday. I left early Sunday from you, download. This is the music festival that you were going to this on is, Friday? Yeah, this is my first ever English music festival. I was camping, I was doing the whole nine yards, and all I can say to preface this story is that I am a Muse super fan. The only reason I went to this at all was to see Muse, 
and they headline Saturday night. And I was thinking, look, why not just do it? I know a lot of people say the camping's not can be can be terrible, and uh, it can be an awful experience. But I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to live in the UK for. I've, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes, but let me just do it. Let me just give it a try. My friend Jill um, owned a tent, and she's like, "I love festivals. I'll hold your hand the whole way. I'll show you how to do everything." It is a little rough. Isn't there a, a Mandarin Oriental in the vicinity? Uh, no, no, there is not. Oh, you, but that. you will hear about some of the hotels in the vicinity, James. Spoiler alert. So uh, Jill's like, I'm going to handle, you know, don't worry. I, it, it can be a little rough, but just we're going to have a good time. So the very first thing we do is that we Google Donington Park, which right. is which is where the um, where the is it Shelby? It's in Derby, exactly. Yes. Spelled Derby, pronounced Derby. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's in Donington Park. So we Google it. Oh, this is after we've rented the car. And I, James, you've rented cars before. Yeah. Why at all rent car rental places do they just, they just don't want to give you the car. <laughs> like they just don't want to fucking give you the car. Like it should be like, I have money. Give me the car. I had to bring. Now I granted, I'm like a foreign driver, right? So I get there should be like a little bit more hoops to jump if through. Not being funny. I mean, whatever goods or services I was supplying, if you walk through the door, I would naturally be suspicious. You would naturally be. So I, first of all, I just want her. I don't even want to drive, but because I'm paying, I have to be the primary driver yeah. on the car. I just want Jill to drive. I literally didn't drive the car the whole weekend. Well, I took it for a spin in the parking lot because I wanted to see what it was like shifting with my left hand. Anyway, so they don't want to give you the car. I had to give her my passport, two utility bills. So what, what kind of car were you trying to rent then? A Peugeot? I mean, it wasn't like Why I was getting a Why the hell do you want to get behind the wheel of a Peugeot? A 2008 Peugeot from Europe car. This is the the, the hoops they make me jump through, right? Sure. So I got to pay for an extra driver. I got to pay for uh, the insurance. I got to pay for like fucking no fault tire coverage and all. Because I'm just like, give it all to me. Like, I don't want to worry about this. Give me all the insurance. In which case, they should have been very happy to take your money, get you to sign the paperwork and get you but out the But they weren't. She was like, oh, well, this... She's like, how long have you lived at your current address? And I'm like, two and a half years. And she looks at me kind of suspiciously. And then I give her the two utility bills. And she's like, do you have another utility bill? This one is from 2013. And I'm like, you just asked me to like prove how long I've lived there. Why is this no good? And so that was like a, just like a slight bump. It was fine. And then she goes, hey, um, also, you're going to return the car on Sunday. But uh, we're not open on Sundays. That's not a problem. You just put the keys through the letterbox. And if you've got the fully comp insurance, any damage is going to be paid for anyway. Right, but they don't allow that. And also, I was like, why did your computer system let me do this then? Because you're happy to fucking take my money. I have never used this particular car rental agency. And by the sounds of things, I don't think I'll be using them in the future. Yeah, so exactly. So we had, whatever. It was just like, again, like just getting out the door of the rental place was like a, a hassle. Right. So then we Google Donington Park and I show my map, the map to my friend Jill and she's like I was like does that look right and she's like yes it is well about two hours and 20 minutes later we stop at Mor we stop at Morrison's we get some groceries and stuff to you know take, take on the take camping with us two, about two hours 20 minutes later we arrive in um in at Donington Park and I'm just like this doesn't feel right like there's no signs there's no traffic there's no like there really should be some indication and I'm like oh shit I bet there's more than one Donington Park and so, so when you tweeted this, yeah, on Friday, it yeah. wasn't a bit. It was not a bit. I genuinely, you genuinely went to the wrong Donington, to the wrong Park. Donington Park. Now, I made it makes. What's fortunate is it wasn't the complete opposite direction. Like it only took two hours for us to get from London to the fake Donington Park, and the real Donington Park was two hours from that Donington Park. Where is the fake Donington Park? It's northeast of here. 
Okay, but you knew you were going to Derby, and your friend's been there before. So how the she hell? She hadn't been to this festival before. Ah, okay. Fair. I thought she'd been to this one before because I was going to say, surely you'd realize you're going no, no, in no. the wrong direction. Not this. And I one guess before. you've got no idea where Derby is on a map. No, I don't. And like, and the fact that Derby wasn't on any of the signs didn't really mean much to me either because. Oftentimes it's not technically in Derby, it's in some smaller town, you know, whatever. So, so that was a bit of a hiccup and you know what? We were fine. We were in good spirits. Hey, no big deal. We got there at three. Like, look, we're still getting, we still got to the real Donington park by 5 PM. Um, we park parking is 25 pounds steep. If you ask me, uh, we park the whole weekend for the whole weekend. Yeah. That's not bad. I guess I didn't look at it as the whole weekend, but also I'm looking at that I've already spent 215 pounds per ticket yeah for camping I, I guess so that's nothing's nothing's included in this country right so uh for camping so so we get there and we pack up all of our shit and we don't know at this point because we're there late right we're there late most of the good par- all the good parking's gone so we're at the like the far end of the place parking wise and all the good camping's likely to be gone it took us 45 minutes to walk from the car to the campsite that sucks. That is a long, it's like two and a half mile walk and you're carrying all your gear, right? You got your tent, you got your, like just a few, we didn't br- bring all the groceries because we're like, fuck, we're not going to be able to carry all this yeah, stuff. So I, we le- I, I can't relate to this because I don't do tents, but. We left a bunch of shit in the car. I hadn't been camping in 20 years. I hadn't been camping since I was 13 years old. So as we're schlepping all this stuff, 45 minutes, I start noticing the people and I'm sorry if these are your people, but like the people at down, basically download is the is the music festival for the UK's oldest virgins. <laughs> like it is just the creepiest, fattest, most disgustingly dressed, just just like like the freaky loser people until you realize that you're one of them. I'm like I'm one of you. Like I'm here. I'm one of you. Like when I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw the insane clown posse makeup and I saw the dog collars I was wearing. I was like, I'm here. I'm home. No, I didn't wear any of that stuff. But the people, there were like two separate groups of people at the festival, right? There were the awesome, fun-loving, nerdy rock people, right? Who were fantastic. And then there were the horrible, you contribute nothing to society people. Like the people that are like bullying other people. There's like the guy who like slams a beer can on the ground and then kicks it. Right. Like what? Like I? Who are you? Like why are you even here? So when you said last week that you were going to this event, yeah, this is what I kind of envisaged, and I thought I'm probably being really unfair. No, no it, it seems that story does indeed check the out. The story does check out with, and the thing is, I probably wouldn't be this angry about it if it weren't for what happened next. Um, we, my friend Jill, finds this t- this uh, spot our tent will fit in the middle of a sea of a thousand tents. In the furthest, I mean, that's just one of many campsites and we're in the furthest one, but we find a spot and we start putting this tent up and it's starting to rain. Start, It's actually been sort of raining the entire walk and everything, but it's starting to come down a little hard. We finally get the tent up just as the real rain starts. So we're inside, everything's cool, we're dry, we pop a beer, we hang out for an hour, the rain lets up. Uh, at this point, it's like uh, close to 10 o'clock at night. Um we hang on there for a couple hours before the rain lets up. And then we decide, okay, let's go uh, see some music. Let's finally go see some music. So we get on our like ponchos and stuff, put plastic bags on all this stuff. Cause it, I mean, it's still raining and we get down to the main arena, 25 minute walk to the main arena, just as Slipknot's going, good night motherfuckers. And we're like, Oh, 
That sucks. And then they come out for the encore. So we're like, all right, cool. We're going to see an encore. I don't really care about the band Slipknot that much, but like, it's a, you know, it's the headline act of Friday night. Everyone's out there. Everyone's having a good time. And then I realized like, fuck, I'm so old. Like I'm way too old to be doing this because like, (laughs) so the guy from Slipknot, when he starts the encore shouts out, I want to see all your motherfucking fists in the air. Right. And all I could think about was the subject object agreement. Like, did he mean all of our individual fists or all of both of our fists in the air? So I didn't know how many fists to put. And I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, that was really ambiguous grammar guy from Slipknot. Like, I'm probably the only person in the crowd thinking this. So then I've got like my both fists in the air and I realize everyone just got one up. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. I got understand your ambiguous grammar now, dude. And then... Uh, he's like, are you are you motherfuckers having a good time? And you know, I I respond. I go, yay! I actually yelled yay. Like I started yelling yeah, but ended up yelling yay. And I'm like, wow! I just yelled yay at a Slipknot concert. Like I'm the biggest douche alive. And then finally, <laughs> the number one reason I just felt so old was because I was like, you know, he sure saying fuck a lot. I don't know. If, does he have to call us motherfuckers? There's, there's a, he just, it just doesn't seem necessary. There's pussy mouth, man. Right, there's so many fucks happening. There's so many fucks and I don't care for it. So, um, so we see the band, they're done. Everything's done for the night. Everything ends pretty early at these festivals. Cause I think they want to keep people kind of under control. So they shut down the arena area and they send everyone back to the village where the camping is. And the village is fucking cool. It's like a carnival that people are living at. And so, uh, so just to recap, you got to see one band perform like two songs. Correct. Yes. So so far, that's what that's we've seen. That's day one. That's actually really good to keep track of, James, because what is coming next is this is the reason why I ended up like turning on the people there. So we have a couple beers uh, in one of the party tents, and then Jill is like, "Look, um, I'm wet. Like I'm soaked to the bone. I'm cold. Like let's just go back to the tent, call it a night, and then we can like hit it hard tomorrow." So I'm like, okay, sounds good. So it's about like 1130 at this point. We do the 20 minute walk back to the tent. And as we get to the tent, I see some people like scurrying around. And I'm like, there's a thousand tents here. There's a thousand fucking tents. People are having fun. There's no way that has anything to do with our tent. And to this day, I don't know that it did or not. But when we got back to the tent, the tent was down. The tent was down. And I was like, you know what? We're idiots. We probably, I I never put up a tent before in my life. We probably put it up wrong. And then I go to start sorting it out. Now someone has snapped two of the tent poles and it is pouring rain at this point. Like the rain is just coming down in sheets and the tent is, is, is not, we, we, I'm like, you know what? Let's get inside and just see what happens. We got inside and it was dry. First of all, this is after we're like freaking out and like want to kill people. Of course, understandably. So about five minutes after trying to decide what to do, hey, let's just get inside and see if it's livable. So we get inside and it is dry inside the tent, but the rain now, so the way a tent works is they're waterproof, but the water runs off the top of the tent. Yeah. When the water's sitting. No, exactly. Collecting. like puddles over Exactly. Puddles over our heads and uh, that are eventually going to leak in and or burst while we're sleeping. And so I was like, we can't, we can't stay here. What do we do? What do we do? And this is her tent. Like this tent's supposed to withstand Everest. Okay. So someone intentionally snapped the poles of this tent. Didn't steal anything. I don't know if we caught them in time. I don't know what the deal was. The weird thing is. I'm I'm just trying to figure out someone's motivation. Well, that's the thing is, you know, they snapped my, they destroyed my tent. They didn't even know me yet. Like I could understand. (laughs) 
If they knew me, maybe Andy Gibbons did bump into you, and you just didn't realize. Maybe that's it. what it was. Maybe it's just I'll like get that I was bearded like, swat. But to just randomly destroy a tent, and it happens to be mine, like that's just unlucky. That's just and the weird thing is the whole way, the whole walk back. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what they do if you come back and your tent's been destroyed. Like I put that into the universe. I dream declared delivered that into the universe. I think so. I was like, look, there's nothing we can do. Like let's just pack up what we need. Uh, you know, and because we can't stay here and we'll figure it out. We'll go sleep in the car. Like we've both been drinking, so we're not driving anywhere. Yeah. Uh, again, we're a 45 minute walk from the car also. And it is, it's fucking raining a lot. So we pack up and I feel like it's just sort of, I know they can't do anything, but I feel like we should tell security. We should at least tell security, Hey, and I grabbed the broken tent poles. Hey, someone snapped our someone snapped our poles, broke our tent. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess how many shits the person you told about this. This guy. is so funny because I did this at stand up last night. It's probably in minus numbers. I did this exact bit last night at stand up where I said I don't want to say that zero fucks were given, but definitely not a whole fuck. Like three quarters of a fuck maybe was given by the security guard. And it's at this point that I realized now we had asked various security guards questions throughout and they never had an answer. And it's at this point I realized what the interview process must be like to get hired as one of these people at a festival. And they go, can you wear a yellow vest? <laughs> that is the interview process. And the person goes, the person goes, what? And they go, can you physically pull a yellow vest over your head and shoulders? Well, yeah. You're fucking hired. Here's interview number two. Can you wear a yellow vest? Yes, of course. You're a fucking supervisor. Like if the person can just answer the question right away, they become a supervisor. So whatever. The, the people weren't very helpful, except for one dude was like, oh, it really sucks, guys. We do usually have emergency spots, but they're already filled up. And it was like people like OD on drugs and like oh, we could see them. There, it was like a it was like a shack where like people sleep on cots, like at the infirmary. Right. And I was like, I, I don't need that. No. Can you just potentially give me the number for a hotel? At which point I call Travel Lodge, the second shit company I have to deal with after Europe Car. Travel Lodge, I call them. Do you know they charge you to call? <laughs> When I answered the phone, this call no is way. this call is 10p per minute. No way. To fucking call them. To book a room. To book a room. Unbelievable, right? Because they want you to do it online. Because if you call them, they gotta pay someone, right? So if you do it online, they don't. So 10p a minute to talk to them. And I go, look, we're at download. Someone destroyed our tent. And the woman's like, hey, like lots of we got tons of rooms tonight. Uh, the rate's 156 pounds, and at the moment, that sounded like a bargain to me. 156 quid a night for yes. a travel lodge. Yes. Now, again, this is it's, it's midnight, and I'm fucking wet as shit. No, and I've been I'm, carrying no. my stuff around for for four hours. I mean, not being funny in the in, the situ in your situation, you're going to pay double that, yeah. if not three times that. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, the thing is, that room was like the Four Seasons by the time I got there. But the thing is, we didn't instantly get transported from this point to the travel lodge. Now it's, where can we get a cab? Oh, the cab stand's a little bit of a walk from here. Oh no. The cab stand is also a 45 minute walk where we have to leave the park, go over a footbridge, down the other side, over the parking lot, back across the street and down, down what, the- What time is it now, dawn? It is, it is, it is still, it is still relatively early. It's before one because uh, we get, to, so it's like, it's just like 12, 15, 12, 30. And so at this point, we're almost to the cab stand, but this black cab sees us struggling with all our stuff and pulls over. Pulls over. I'm like, hey, man, it's not very far. Uh, and he's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, the travel lodge. He's like, no, no problem, mate. I get in and he doesn't turn the meter on. Now, when a cab driver, it's my rule. It's like one of my rules in life. When a cab driver doesn't turn the meter on, you say, hey, buddy, what's with the meter? 
And if he doesn't tell you, say, what's this ride going to cost me? And I didn't do that because I thought this guy was doing me a solid. He took us on a six minute journey to the travel lodge, at which point he charged me 25 pounds. Wow. And I'm re I'm more mad at myself because I didn't stick up for it more. I should have just ha like had it out and just been like, let's go. I'm having a day, brother. Let's fucking do this. Um, I didn't. I just paid him. And then, because I was like, you know, I'm just so over today. I just want it to be over. I want no more conflicts. Here's, I said, that's a little steep. Slam the money down. Get out of the car. Go to check into the travel lodge. Now, the woman at travel lodge, she wouldn't book me the room over the phone. She said, I can't do it. I can't make a reservation over the phone, but we have plenty of rooms. And I said to my friend Jill, if we get there and there are no rooms, I'm going to drag her over the counter. I probably won't kill her, but I will drag her over the counter. So we, we, we get up to the travel lodge and I'm like, hey, um, and she's like, what's your name? I'm like, I don't have a reservation. I just talked to you on the phone. And she goes, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, no, we have plenty of rooms, but since I talked to you, the, uh, the computers switched over and it's actually, it's a higher rate now. It's a, the rates have gone up. No, no. 156 was a ripoff. So what are they going to come out with now? 171, like just enough that you don't walk out, right? Like just enough that you're like, fuck. So now I feel like, and I, do, I won't use the R word because people throw that so, around too much. Sorry, so I'm getting quickly, bent over. Why can they not? book rooms over the phone if she has a computer in front of her i do not know i do not know i don't I, like it sounds like something that travelodge is such a dumb company that's probably true maybe she was lying i don't know what it is i don't see what benefit she has to to lying to me about that you know i don't think she gets a commission or whatever sure so i'm like fucking just take my credit card here i just i'm over this and so, then she said, I'm sorry, but this utility bill is from 2013. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually fine. We get to the room. We, we pound the two beers we brought. We can't get any alcohol because everything's closed. Uh, this travel lodge, by the way, is in a service station. It's in like a fucking rest stop. Yeah, yeah. I know the on kind the of highway. place. Um, and uh, so the next day we wake up and I'm like, I just want to leave at this point. I'm like, you know what? I, like, I'm just, it's going to be like another couple hundred quid to stay in the hotel again tonight. Like, let's just, and then I was like, wait, the only dumber than spending like a grand to see a band is spending 800 to see a band and not and not seeing them. Yes. That. Spending 800 to not see the band. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go downstairs. I'm going to get the room for another night. And uh, that way we can just sleep in as long as we want. It's still raining out. We can just stay here as long as we want and just go for Muse if we want to, or if it lets up, we can just sit here and wait it out. So I go downstairs. Oh, sorry. We don't have any more rooms tonight. They're out, they're out of rooms for Saturday night. Up, so they had plenty of rooms for Friday. Friday night we spent the night. Yeah, we're this but is that, Saturday morning. Saturday night. No. Saturday morning. Now. So now we have to find another hotel. We spend basically. I know this has been a long story. Long story already. So long story short, we spend from noon until six p.m. five p.m. Like getting a cab back to the park, schlepping to our car, driving to the new hotel, getting a cab back to the other place and all the walking around, like nothing is close. It's like 30 minutes in between every point. So we finally get there around six o'clock and we're just, we're just so ready to party. So now again, it's like over 24 hours later, we've seen three songs. <laughs> so now we go to watch, uh, we go to watch Faith No More. Okay. Faith No More is like on right before. Yeah. Ben's giving two thumbs up. These guys are a fucking joke. I mean, they they should change the name of the band to just No More. <laughs> like, they're all in their 50s. They're, they're all dressed in, like, these white yoga costumes. And we're, like, all namaste in between every song. They made fun of the crowd. They're American or Canadian or something. And he's like, oh, man, all I see is wet Englishmen as far as the eye can see. And I was like, don't 
like needle the audience who's like miserable right now. You suck. So at one point, I just yell out, play Epic or get off the stage. <laughs> And they immediately launch into Epic, right? Like, that's the next song. And then as soon as it's over, I was like, I meant to say play Epic and get off the stage. Because <laughs> they were terrible. They were so embarrassing. So finally, uh, I get to, after that, we go check out Andrew WK, who's like kind of a cheese ball, but I've always wanted to see him live, and it was awesome, and he was great. And he ended just in time for Muse, and I will say this. As horrible as Friday night was, yeah, I was like, this is one of the worst nights of my life. When I got there on Saturday, it had been raining even more. So there was, it was mud. It was like, not just muddy, it was pull your boots off muddy, like step in the wrong thing and it might take your boot with it. So I actually ended up being really grateful that someone destroyed our tent because I had to go get a hotel room and I would don't, I would never camp again, ever. I will never do it again. I tried it. I didn't actually do it because we didn't even spend a night there, but I would never do it again. So you claim to be one of the world's biggest Muse fans. You got to see Muse finally on the Saturday night. So Joe, all things considered, was it worth it? Fuck. See, I don't know how to answer this question. I was thinking that, right? So I'm watching Muse and they were fucking awesome and they were amazing. Now there's a difference between it was worth it, which I say yes to, would I do it again? Probably not. And I got to give credit, by the way, to my friend Jill, who is a fucking champ and a trooper through all of this. Never complained once. Always did her fair share of like carrying shit and all that. Uh, she was awesome. She's like this fiery little Scottish chick who like just made everything a lot more tolerable. And so what I want to do, guys, I want to have a competition. Um, basically, I want you guys to guess at how much money I spent to see Muse. And so, so this is the total of the festival tickets. Yes. The hiring of the car. The rental car, the Ubers to and from where I picked up the rental car. Okay. The groceries. The, all the food. Yeah, exactly. Food, the, the, the various uh, taxis, the travel lodge. Uh, the, the second phone, night at the, the phone at the, calls the, the, the to travel lodge. Correct. The phone calls to travel lodge. The, um, I bought like a bunch of like flashlights and like a, you know, like a, uh, a pad to sleep on, on Amazon. So, and the food, I did, oh, this is cool. They had these dog tags where you put money on your bracelet and you just pay with that the whole weekend. I will say I've started with 300 on that. I did get some back. I did not spend the entire 300, which is scary because I was only there for a total of like five hours. Um, and including the 40 pounds I spent on the download sweatshirt that I will send you. So whoever's the first person to get closest to the amount that I spent. It's like if someone nails it exactly, the first person wins. Otherwise, it's whoever gets closest for the entire weekend. I will send you my download hoodie still with mud on it. Hashtag EPT not live on Twitter. Um, we're going to finally talk about some poker, people. TV recap. This counts as a TV show, even though it's a web exclusive. You can watch it right now on the PokerStars YouTube channel and at PokerStars.tv. It's basically a highlights package from the live stream of the Monaco, the EPT Grand Final Super High Roller event. A record-breaking Super High Roller, 100,000 euro buy-in tournament. And this was an interesting show for me to do, just to go behind the scenes for a second. Normally, Joe and I do the live streams, right? Especially of all the final, final tables. tables. yeah. So when we come to do the TV shows, we kind of know what's going to happen. We know the hands. We know the big moments. And it's kind of like an element of acting is involved because you're kind of pretending you've seen it for the first time. The bizarre thing is, in Monaco, I was working on Shark Cage when this final table took place. 
I didn't do the live stream. I hadn't seen any of these hands before. So when we voiced the show, I was seeing it for the first time. Wait, you were legit seeing it for the first legit. time? You didn't even do your, your usual nope. prep? Nope, I didn't want to. I you to, son of a gun. I wanted to come <laughs> to it completely cold. Now, obviously, I knew who won. Right. I wasn't going to be able to escape the fact that Eric Seidel was the champion of this thing, but I didn't know the story. And what I'm thinking, as we're voicing the show, and we're halfway through, and it's like, Dmitry Banovich has got, like, all the chips. What happens? They're heads up. And Dmitry Banovich still has all the chips. How the hell does he lose this thing? And to see him get owned by Eric Seidel. Yeah. But also to become a victim of his own style. What was fascinating for me about this, and I'm sure you had this experience, Joe, when you did the live stream, not just at the final table, but the days leading up to it, was to see Dmitry Urbanovich actually play. Because here's a guy who we'd heard so much about yeah. in Malta. He broke a record, four side event wins in Malta, a contender for EPT player of the season, and we finally get to see him play. And oh my God, he has one gear. Yeah, he basically he tries to win every single pot. Like that's that's his thing. And you know, when Daniel was on the stream, he said, and he says this a lot about a lot of the young guys who go, he'll change or this is going to bite him. Like you can't, I don't think a lot of people can maintain that style. Like when you're running good, it works really well for you. Um, especially when you're running good in the spots where you need to, when people are finally deciding to, to, you know, keep you honest at a guy in my home games, go, gotta keep you honest every time he called you. But like, uh, and that happened, I think d specifically during the heads up where Dimitri, uh, his run good stopped and yeah. Eric was hitting in spots where he needed to. And Dimitri's uh, aggression just wasn't, wasn't paying off. He did sort of get owned. And what's really sad is I went and I had a drink with him after I didn't mean to, but we were in the same spot having a drink and he was beside himself. He was really beside himself and he was like, I blew it. He's like, I played so bad. And I don't think I'm really qualified to say he played bad. I don't think he played bad. I think that, um, he played, uh, you can't say he got unlucky, right? It's not that like he got it in like Kings versus aces and he got cooled. It wasn't like that. It was just more like, we saw the same thing with Danny Parlafis in Malta where, yeah. you know, sometimes the, you, you get unlucky for your style. You know, you get unlucky for the way that you've been playing, and Eric just always had it. Like, Eric didn't get super lucky. He just always had it. Well, there's one hand in particular from the Heads Up battle that I want to talk about, and this is one that Andrew Abernathy has tweeted about. He describes it as one, an enjoyable watch and what a gentleman Seidel is and proof that good guys sometimes win and that patience is key. Sick call with Jack High. And this is the hand I want to talk about. This was the sweat hand we did in the show where, as, as you said yourself... Most of us, 90% of us, in fact, most of the people actually watching that are going to fold in that spot. Oh, yeah. And yet Seidel just runs through the hand and decides that a decent enough percentage of the time, Jack High could be good. And he makes a sick hero call, and he is right. I just wonder how many times he makes it, is he going to be wrong? And maybe not that many, but it would be curious. Obviously, we can't know, right? But if we could somehow know that, I'm just wondering how often he, how often Seidel in general, hero calls with Jack High and is wrong. I'm going to guess probably not that often. Obviously worth watching for that hand alone, to be honest with you. But if you haven't seen the show yet, there's another hand or another incident, shall we say, that I think is worth I actually on. pulled, I uh, pulled some sounds for this. Uh, Javi 8 GM uh, says the super high roller, one of the best episodes, love the espresso tells. And hoping to look hear from you guys at EPT Not Live. You are Javier. You're listening to the show right now. We're talking about your tweet. We're talking about the show, and we're talking about this moment. Alter got attempting a steal, check raising to 325k. 
Now, now what's he doing with his mouth? What is this? What does that mean? It means he's drinking coffee. Noisily. Why is he doing it like that? Wow, this kid just wants to win every pot. Well, strictly speaking, he does have the best hand. Oh, come on. He re-raises to 555,000. Again, this is probably going to work, but what's he going to do when someone actually has a hand? Does he just have crazy good espresso reads? Mmm. Double shot. All to Gottfeld. Yeah. No, Max, it's weird, isn't it? Feels weird. Abanovich's stack has been doing some yo-yoing today. Right now he's playing 3.7 million. He is second in chips at this final table. Mmm. Double shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously I make the joke there about the fact he has the best hand. Absolutely right. He has ace high and he is bluffing. Make no mistake Three bet about bluffing, it. bluffing, yeah. And crucially, he covers up the bluff by casually drinking from his espresso cup and then putting it down clumsily. Something which the always analytical, always observant Igor Kurganov watches on the next hand where he suspects that he might be being bluffed, but then he notices something. How much will Ivanovich value bet? 1,725,000. That's half his remaining stack. It's a sizable bet. No coffee right now? Nothing to hide, huh? Wow, Igor's a smart dude. Maybe he gets away from this. And that's the key read, is that Abanovich has it this time. I think he's got a full house in this spot. But Igor calls anyway. Yeah, I mean, Igor, <laughs> Igor's kind of an unfortunate spot where he rivers a pair and he feels that he has to call. He feels that the, the, the river decision is kind of, is, is, is standard. Um, but obviously he's a bit disappointed that he kind of floated flop and turn with just ace high because he thought this guy was so 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 active so lively that there's a strong chance he's bluffing no he had it but the crucial thing is that igor picked up on the fact that his body language his behavior the lack of espresso was a tell that something was different this time so he picked up on it and i thought that was a really interesting thing that a lot of people still say that live reads are a myth or aren't that important oh, in poker. and this just demonstrates this is a classic example of where all this information and these guys, people like Igor, who are beasts online and beasts live, how their game is different and how they adjust in the live environment. Mm, double shot. It's it's funny because like I think that live reads aren't um, aren't as unimportant as people make them out to be, but they're not as important as people like a cab driver think they are. Like whenever there's a cab, he's like, "Oh, you working?" He's like, "How's your poker face? You got a good poker face?" And you're like, "Well, it's not really. It's not really that." that big of a thing like having a poker face but you know th thanks for taking an interest sir but i thought you know it was a good watch and certainly people seem to be enjoying the show and as i said if you haven't seen it yet uh, maybe you watch the live stream and you'd like to relive the highlights head to pokestars.tv or the pokestars youtube channel it's the ept11 grand final super high roller highlight show Adventures in Online Poker! This is High Stapes Poker Episode 3. Episode number 3, The Revenge of the Sith. Why does it feel like there's been about 30 of these things rather than 3? Um, nope, just 3. Just three. I uh, had to cut it a little short this week. Now, the, the there was bad news and there was good news this week. The bad news was... 
I had to cut it a little short. The good news was I didn't have a delay. I mean, I didn't have to use a delay. I was able to show my whole cards eventually. But again, the bad news was because my lag was so bad that the audience was about five minutes behind me. So I was able to... They basically told me, look, you can't you can't show your whole cards anymore. Right. And the audience is really pissed off. The audience is super pissed because they're like, it's kind of boring if we can't see your whole cards. Um, can you please, please, please just, just, just use a delay? And as usual, there's always like a bunch of know-it-alls. There's always a bunch of know-it-alls in the chat who tell me, oh, you need to, here's how you make a delay. Like you can make a delay this way. And it's really freaking annoying because if there were a way to make a delay, I would already know that. Like, so don't be a know-it-all and tell me how to do it. So this is my reaction to one of the know-it-alls. Make some friends, make some friends. We raised the download the OBS broadcaster. It's available for Mac too and has the option of playing the stream. No, it doesn't alls on the internet. Like seriously, guys, if you're going to say something to someone, make sure you're right. You're wrong. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with you personally. No problem with you personally. But don't come on here and tell me that OBS for Mac has a delay function. Are you trying to be like Poker's version of Glenn Beck? Is if I sw switch into your Twitch stream, I'm just going to see you ranting at people. Um, I think that's a part of the appeal is the ranting because <laughs> it's not it's not my poker playing. Uh, this continues, by the way, uh, because someone said something in the chat that actually I feel really passionate about, and uh, I, I'm always happy to uh, to attack this sort of statement. I think that Beer Academy may get the first ever ban by me. Wow. I don't yep. like the gay talk. I don't like people saying that I'm gay. That, not that I'm gay. That anyone's gay. Why is being gay an insult? It's something I don't understand, right? Like, being gay is fine. It's not a big deal. So if you're going to accuse me of being gay, it's kind of like accusing me of liking mustard. Like, I don't like mustard, but I'm not offended that you might think I like mustard. The only reason I might tell you that I don't like mustard is just in case you're going on a hot dog run. So if you've got, like, a sister or something, like a hot sister or a hot roommate... Then I might take issue with the fact that you're calling me gay just because I don't want to get mustard on my hot dog. But other than that, I don't really care. But it's, it's still insulting and mean to gay people for you to act like being gay is an insult. So I'm probably going to get rid of you very soon. I don't like people mm. throwing around gay. Coleman's mustard. Mm. Double shot. Uh, no, I, I I get it, but I do find it interesting that you are now wielding the ban hammer as someone who said, I'm not going to ban anyone. That was, well, the thing is, not for it's just not for anything personal. I feel like there's some things that I need to stand up for, but the, there's plenty of people in the chat telling me that I'm terrible, that I'm the worst. There was a guy, uh, so I was doing the seven deuce challenge this time, so there's these yeah, little challenges. you're doing the challenge. Last time it was the aces challenge, which yeah. you cheated by pasting aces of your yes cuts. but it didn't fool the software i think i only i think i had aces three times and i only won two of the hands i had seven deuce probably five or six times and i probably won four or five times with it like i was able to win more hands with seven deuce than i was able to win with aces uh, and i do have an example of that here too Oop. okay now we got we got we got a chance to win our challenge here got a chance to win our, our challenge that means what do we have guys what do we have what do we have what do we have Means we gotta bluff this pot. We gotta bluff this pot. Yikes. Insta call there. Oh, we got him! We got him! We got him! Somehow we got him! Oh, I can't even believe he folded. God, that's how I need to learn to play. That's how that's how I need to play in real life. Like when I'm not just trying to win a gimmick. Wow. He just folded. Holy lord. Holy lord. That's how that's how real poker players do it. I was just doing it because I was desperate to win with seven deuce. But that's what the other guys do. That's how they do it. We're learning something, everybody. We're learning something. Jeez. What a rush. What a rush. 
Now we're going to call with a bad hand just to even things out. Ace seven. <laughs> <laughs> so this time around, it went way better for me. Um, I lost like six buy-ins last time. Now, I will say I lost on the very first hand. I lost a whole buy-in. Okay. I got it in queens versus aces in Zoom. So I lost a whole buy-in to kick things off. I was able to not lose much more for like the rest of the night. But then I also lost the, my last hand of the night where I had pocket queens and I lost a flip to ace king. So um, those are the two. I lost about four buy-ins, which is an improvement. I only lost $92 this week, which is under the amount of money they gave me, which I'm very happy about because last week I lost well over the amount of money they gave me. And it's not like they top up your account. That money is coming from your own wallet. Yeah, exactly. No. So like I was happy that I technically, considering they gave me 150 bucks to play with, I technically had like a $60 profit this week because I didn't lose 60 so technically i personally profited 60 dollars. but the thing is the seven deuce challenge it won me a few pots but it also lost me one that call raised the only way i can win this pot with seven deuce is to raise again this is going to cost me so much money this is dumb such a bad move well hey we got seven deuce we gotta try to win right well we just fucking pissed away 14 dollars on that hand trying to lose seven deuce bitch Son of a bitch! Fuck! It's okay. I, uh, I I did lose a couple hands playing with seven deuce. I had a pitch though. I had a pitch for next week's. Now this week on High Staves Poker, Broughton's gonna come. Uh, Broughton and I are gonna Twitch stream. It doesn't. The times don't really matter because you can listen to this podcast. Where we're, we're gonna Twitch from nine to midnight, and then we're gonna stay up and play video games on Twitch. Wow, you're gonna combine poker and video games yeah. in one mammoth twitch session exactly so we're gonna stay up late and drink and play uh, and play twitch and i think elena might drop by also so the grill you, yeah the grill the hot grill so if you guys were fans of elena on the first one you should definitely tune into this and i wanted to pitch you an idea james so i got some guest stars for this week what do you think of if i had my massage lady yana come over and just massage me while i'm on the twitch stream i it couldn't hurt that could be fun right i think i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that a couple weeks too now who do i bill that back to do you think the um should i just get a receipt or... no, no 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 that's that's coming out your own, <laughs> that's coming out your own pocket <laughs> anyway guys tune in to high staves poker there are some good moments uh this week like i said we cut it a little short oh what i didn't realize is that when you're lagging so i was like I was like a, like a 15 minute lag. So I figured, Hey, I can just knock off 15 minutes early and like the stream will catch up. No, when you stop broadcasting, the stream stops immediately. So the tail end of my broadcast is gone. It did not get recorded, but, uh, but we had a good time and we're gonna have a good time this week too. So tune in when you can. Time to go into the lobby because the law of sod, the minute that we released last week's podcast, they issued the EPT-12 Barcelona schedule. What did I say? What did I say that as soon as we were released, they'd finally put that schedule out there? Yeah. Well, hey, we got we got stuff in the lobby for this week. Exactly. So if you go to EPT.com, you'll see the full list of events for Barcelona, which is late August. Festival starts kind of the 19th, runs until the 30th. Uh, 71 events. Ugh. 71 tournaments across the Estrellas and EPT Festival. What I want to do here, Joe, is kind of plant the seed of an idea in people's mind and incept the concept of a poker holiday at the tail end of the festival. Now, this is particularly pertinent to people in the UK because Monday the 31st of August is a bank holiday, so okay. no one has to be at work. So I'm going to suggest take the Friday off work 
I'm going to suggest fly to Barcelona on the Friday, play some poker on the Friday night, the Saturday and the Sunday, come home on the Monday. And I'm going to talk about events that don't cost more than 300 euros to play. That's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like Barcelona is one of the best places to play like regular poker. Like you don't have to play high stakes poker because like Spain's a young poker market. You got the Estrellas going on at the same time. So there's going to be lots of reasonable events that are going to be short too. So let's say you fly to Barcelona on the Friday. Let's say, for example, that What can you... I play if I fly into Barcelona Okay, on well, I mean, obviously, we're going to be looking late in the evening because you'll have traveled. Maybe you want to go out for a nice meal. Lots of good places to eat in that town. At nine o'clock on the Friday, there is a 100 euro No Limit Turbo Deuces Wild event. Oh, that's fun. Exactly. So immediately you can kick off with a few drinks after dinner and have some fun at the table. And sure, it's a turbo, which maybe that's not your thing, right? Maybe you don't like playing turbos, but it's just 100 euros precisely so let's look at the saturday so now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes right this is where we want to get serious about our poker on the saturday noon it's the saturday super stack 200 euros for a no limit super stack oh that's cool that's really cool now say it goes wrong and you bust that joe 8 p.m there is the saturday night super stack which is a two-day event and again 200 euros nice so two chances to play a super stack on the saturday we get to the sunday and obviously if you've made day two of the saturday night super stack well done if not my favorite tournament i've never played it is the no limit turbo edition of the ept main event which is a 300 euro buy-in it plays exactly the same structure as an ept main event with a thirty thousand starting stack but the blinds are 15 minutes long. That is a turbo. The story it, checks out there. It's, it's the mini main. And just in case you've not had enough, the very last event of the EPT12 Barcelona Festival is at 5 p.m. on Sunday the 30th of August, a 100 euro hyper turbo no limit event. So all the events you just named, if you play every single one of them, what is it, like 1,100? Uh, let's Tw- add it to up, shall we? That's four, six, eight... Um, no, 900. 900. Okay, so you can play, you can bust every tournament. Let's just say, I mean, obviously we've got to include the the, the reg fees on top of that. So let's say okay. you've got a budget of a grand. Let's say you have a poker playing budget, a poker bankroll of a thousand euros to spend over that weekend. There's four or five events there that you can afford to play. And look, you can play the whole weekend. Exactly. You can, or, or maybe you just want to play a couple and actually see the sights in Barcelona at the same time. The point I'm trying to make, and this doesn't just apply to this weekend, this applies to any three days across the festival. You will find affordable tournaments to play with the EPT staff, the EPT dealers in an EPT environment and have that experience. Plus there's low stakes cash games also, if that's more your thing. There's tons sure. and tons of cash games there. And also... I love James's idea here, but don't forget too, like you can satellite your way into the main event, right? You can win a package online. But what I would do, honestly, I would try to win my way into the Astraeus main event because you get the same amenities, the same trip, but you're not like risking as much and they're easier packages to win. Sure. And of course, the satellites are running now. We highlighted some of the Barcelona sats. There are Astraeus main event satellites as well in the tournament lobby on PokerStars. Right now, we're actually going to transcend someone to an EPT, or rather put him on the first step of the way, because we're going to hopefully give away a Step C ticket worth €27 and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt as we play everyone's favourite game. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's 
Superfan versus Stapes. And this week, Joe, for the first time ever, we're going to a European country which is not the United Kingdom. Ugh. We are going to Finland to speak to a man called Seppo, who you know better as Don Patmat. The Don Patmat. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, guys. Hi, Joe and James. How are you? Great to have you with us, Seppo. Mito Kulu. Kiitos, Hyvä. Hyvä. So we've got a game designed here, Joe, where the man who creates the patented Don Patmat facts, I've been through his Twitter timeline, and I've dug out some of the facts from the last 12 months. Really? And I want to see how many of them you remember. In other words, how many of them can you recognize as genuine, patented, Don Pat Matt facts that received a pat on the back, and how many of them are Pat Matt fiction? That is fantastic. I'm. By the way, Seppo, I'm really excited to have you on this show. I got to tell you, I really appreciate what you contribute to EPT Live, and I think it's fantastic. And there's very few people who are sort of know-it-alls, but who are, A, always right, and B, <laughs> don't get on our asses when we make mistakes. Like, I'm sure you could. Like, we make mistakes all the time, and you don't bug us about that. So I really fucking appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for being on the show. No, thanks. It's just my small contribution to an award-winning poker show. Hey, he says all the right things. One <laughs> other thing. What, if your name's Seppo, where did you get Don Patmat from? Uh, I don't know. It just came into my mind. Because what? he knew that it would sound good when you gave him a pat on the back for his patented Don Patmat fact. I gotta find, do I have applause on here? I don't have any applause. I don't have applause! Why don't I have applause? Well, you only have yourself to blame. It's your computer, which costs $3,000. Yes, we all know that. Um, Seppo, one thing I wanted to ask, having gone back through some of your tweets from the last year, where do these facts come from? How have you accumulated all this knowledge? And what what's the source? What's your reference point for all this information? Well, I have made my own EPT stat sheets. That was a good time for that to come in. Yeah. <laughs> you make your own stat sheets? Yeah. First, I did some data gathering, for example, from uh, PokerStars blog, Hand on Mob, and uh, Poker News live reporting section. So you've created and your own database system. You do realize yeah. that you could actually market this, that there are enough geeks and nerds watching the live streams who I guarantee would pay money for this information. Yeah, there might be. <laughs> that is that is incredible. I mean, that is really amazing that you've done this and also that you're not a complete troll. Like, usually people who who do this sort of things are, are, are sort of like, you know, horrible. But you're awesome and we love you. Yeah, thanks. Okay, well, let's see how Joe scores in a game I like to call Pat Matt Fact or Pat Matt Fiction. So very simply, Joe, you have to tell me, are these true or false? Were they Pat Matt facts or were they Pat Matt fiction? So yeah. all the pressure's on me here? Absolutely. There are 10 of them. Shit. I want quick answers, by the Wait, way. No what's stalling. the score for Pat for Don Pat Matt to win? Uh, you have to get them wrong. Uh, so yeah. basically, if you get if you get a majority score, so if you guess six or more correct, yeah. you win. I win. But uh, tie goes to the goes to Pat Matt, so you have to get six. This is actually a really difficult situation for me because sometimes I I like to I like to sort of throw the game a little bit so that the super fans can can win something. But in this particular situation of 50-50s, I may not be able to throw it. Well I could get them right by accident. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Question one. 
You have to decide, is this a genuine Pat Matt fact or is it Pat Matt fiction? Yep. It took 107 EPTs for Adrian Mateos Diaz to break the curse and become the first Spanish champion on the tour. I'm going to say that is not something I would have given Don Pat Matt a pat on the back for. I would say that that is not a Don Pat Matt fact. That was a Don Pat Matt fact. No, I'm giving you the thumbs up because you're correct, you fool. Oh, I thought you did a thumbs down right there. Okay, that was not a Don Pat Matt fact. Okay, it's fiction it. because the correct number is 106. But did Don tweet 106? Yes. Okay. Question I got that two. one right, but for the wrong reasons. Yes, I correct. just thought he never tweeted it in the first place, which technically he didn't. No, no, these are all either the genuine tweets or versions oh, of the tweet. Oh, you changed it. Yes. Oh, okay. oh, Jesus Christ. You understand the game, right, Seppo? Yes, I understand. Of course you understand the game. You're like a smart person. I'm just stapes. <laughs> Number two. Malta was the 18th country and St. Julian's the 23rd city that the EPT has visited. That is... That is true. That is true. Whoops, I can't hit the right keys ever in this thing, guys. Correct. Correct. That is a Pat Matt fact. So you are currently 2-0 up. In EPT Seasons 10 and 11, Ola Shemian played 14 main events and cashed in seven of them. That is a Don... I'm going to give Don Pat Matt a pat on the back for his patented Don Pat Matt fact. Wow, 3-0. Worst case scenario, Seppo, you get the t-shirt. It's the ticket you're playing for here. Okay. Number four. Prior to the EPT 11 Grand Final, the average age of an EPT main event winner at the time of their win was 26.2 years. That is a Don Pat Matt Patton fact. Oh, he's on the board. It's not. If you if it had been 29.1 years, it would have been a patented Don Pat higher, Matt fact. Higher than I would have thought. Good job, Don Pat Matt. <laughs> yeah. Question five. The score is currently 3-1 to Joe Stapleton. EPT 11 Malta saw the longest final table and the second longest heads up in EPT history. Oh, wait, that might be true because of the final table started the day before. I'm going to say that is true. Correct. He's got four correct. I didn't see this happening. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, question six. Steve O'Dwyer is the second player, after Martin Finger, to have EPT main event and super high roller titles. False. It's a fact. 4-2. Question 7. The EPT 10 grand final main event saw the longest heads up of any EPT, WPT or World Series of Poker tournament ever. I'm going to go ahead and say that that is also false. Ah, that is a patented Don Pat Matt fact. 4-3. Don Pat Matt, mm -hmm. I'm pulling for you, buddy. Yeah, okay. Do you want Do you want to win a Step C ticket? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Question 8. EPT 11 Barcelona runner-up Sam Phillips was the 100th American final tableist. False. Correct. It's got to be way more than that. No, actually, he was the. Uh, it was under that because. Uh, uh, I get him right for the wrong reasons. I love it. Stephen Grainer, who won Prague later that season. How do you say that, Grainer? He was the 100th. 
So where are we at? Five. No five, right? So basically, if you get one more right, it's you over. win. And you've destroyed the hopes Don and dreams Pat of Don Patmat of going to an EPT. Now, this is going to be, look, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm going to try to get the rest of them wrong because I love Don Patmat, but I could still screw this up somehow. <laughs> Number nine, EPT 11 Malta was the 11th time in EPT main event history where the heads up battle saw two players from the same country. Oh God, I don't I like, I don't know how, I just, I want to get it wrong. Um, and James is a stickler. He's not helping. I'm not helping you. I'm he's, sorry. He's not helping me get this wrong. I'm going to say that that is false. Yes, I got it wrong. It's a Don Pat Matt fact. Okay. Here Final we go. question. This is the decider. Oh, God. Please let me get this wrong. So at the moment, you have five correct. You need six correct to win the game and deny Don Pat Matt his Step C ticket. Mike McDonald was 18 years and 26 days old when he won EPT Dortmund. One more time with the age. 18 years, 26 days old. That was Mike McDonald's age when he won EPT Dortmund. I'm going to say that that is not a patented Don Pat Matt fact. That is correct. You are correct. Ah, I meant to say it was a Don Pat Matt fact. That was Mike McDonald's age. When he played his first ever EPT in Baden. What's a step C ticket worth? 27 euros. My, uh, what's your, well, Don Pat, Matt, what's your poker stars handle? Get it to me. I'm going to send you a step C ticket out of, out of my own pocket because I, <laughs> I appreciate the work you do. Okay, thanks. I can't believe I couldn't get it wrong when I needed to. And the one thing you do get from the EPT Not Live team is the coveted Money Can't Buy, Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, uh, a token of our thanks for being uh, an EPT super fan, and of course for supplying us with those facts, which I'm not going to lie to you, we're doing eight hours a day, we need content, so thank you. Yeah, thanks guys. Hey, let's give Don Pat Matt a pat on the back for all of his patented Don Pat Matt facts. Thanks, guys. All right, kids. Well, we are just about out of time for this week's show. I did do some stand-up last night. I thought you guys might like to hear one of... I just I took one joke. I got the audio from a joke. Do you guys want it? I mean, I know... Make me laugh, here funny we go. man. I wrote a brand new five minutes last night, a lot of it on download, and then something that was happening here in the news in the UK. And Michelle Obama was in town today. Did you guys see that? I saw in the Evening Standard on the way over here that Michelle Obama said that uh, English girls should embrace girl power. And that led me to wonder what other Spice Girls references did she make while she was here? (laughs) Did she bring up the English-Scottish referendum and tell everyone how happy it made her when two became one? (laughs) Was she in the back of a black cab telling the cab driver, no, you have to zig a zig, ah. (laughs) Oh, there's a third one. Did she tell the queen she's uh, she's staying for seven days that shook the Spice Girls? That was the name of the 2002 documentary. <laughs> no, you're Spice Girls, everyone. Come on. Little political Spice Girl humor for everybody just to uh, close the show out here. So I guess we should probably break the bad news to everyone. Yeah, normally we say that's it and we'll see you next week. Uh, not only are our TV shows on summer vacation, now the podcast also goes on summer break. I've got a couple of holidays. Joe's going back to the States for a while. It does mean that we are not going to be back with EPC Not Live until the end of July. But 
The good news is the TV shows are back that week as well. So we'll actually have something meaningful and interesting to talk about. And here's my suggestion to you guys in the meantime, because I love you. I really do. But fucking go out and see something. Leave your house. Go on a summer vacation. Have a picnic. Talk to a girl. Talk to a boy. Pet a dog. Just do something. You're making a face, James. You don't think they should do that? I think they should play on Pokestar. <laughs> Fine. Go live your life. Go do something. We're going to do the same. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.